I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. And welcome to the episode that we're drinking Coors again. So. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. The official sponsor, not sponsored, of the road trip for the podcast. Uh-huh. They should really put something on the inside of these cans. Like a little message, like... Oh, like the Pepsi ones? Yeah, like a little or encouragement. Snapple. Or Snapple had yeah. those fun facts Beer on facts. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That would be so much better. The thing. 100%. I think we'll have like maybe a couple left. <laughs> <laughs> so where the frick are we? Uh, The Rosebud Motel. Basically. If you watched Ship's Creek, mm-hmm. this is essentially that. Mm-hmm. It is the Rosebud Hotel in Schitt's Creek. It is essentially the hotel. Um, it's in upstate New York. It's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Mm-hmm. But it's somewhere. And that is in New York wine country. And they make a lot of Riesling here. <laughs> A lot of Riesling. Uh-huh. Which we're big fans of, so. Yep. I'm all for that. We drove, like, what, two and a half, three hours to get here? Two and a half hours today. Two and a half hours. Jesus. And how was that drive? Uh, fine, until we got to the gravel road. Yeah. Some of the roads out here are kind of janky. <laughs> like, we, I feel like we started with the biggest name, and it was... Like, the most back road driving. Yeah. No. Um, we we started off the day and drove, of course, from Niagara Falls to Hammondsport area. Mm-hmm. We went to Keokuk. Keokuk? Keokuk. Keokuk. We're good at pronouncing things. <laughs> Kuka Lake. I think it's Kuka. Kuki Lake. I think it's Kuka. It should be Cookie Lake. Ooh, yeah. Um, but we went to Herman. No, we went to Doctor Constantine, Constantine Frank, and he's the guy that kind of started it all, kicked it off, and uh-huh. he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Well, he, well he, he's dead. He's he's gone. His family does. Which is kind of surprising. They Like, third generation that they're still doing the wine in the same family. Yeah. That's kind of shocking and a good thing because clearly they know, again, still what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was very uh, dramatic about what he wanted to do and what he didn't <laughs> want to do. Because yeah. his son was like, I'm, I want to make... Sparkling wine after coming back from his own career doing something else in New York City or Long Island or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, no, if you can't make good table wine, sparkling wine is a cop-out. It's for pretenders, fake people. Yeah. And his son was like, uh, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) And it was good. He had a good example of, they they make to this day good sparkling wine. Uh I mean... We didn't buy any, <laughs> but this is not the wine region in my mind for sparkling wines. It's the wine region for Riesling, and that's for a reason. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, if we're going to dive right on into our notes, 
we had a lineup of what five or six different wines, but we oh, at the first place we had eight. Yeah, we or ten. We split, we split tastings though. We split them. You had five, I had five, and we yeah yeah. We had we had ten wines at that. We place. had we tried ten wines, which is a lot of wine to try, but we've condensed three wineries and we're gonna run through them for you here. So if you are planning or want to go on a trip to the Finger Lakes and you want to go to this lake specifically, mm-hmm. and I think the next one over is Seneca. I could be totally wrong. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, Dr. Constantine Frank, get the charcuterie board. Absolutely. That, that thing was delicious. What was your highlight from that? Uh, The honey, there was like a goat cheese, like a it's almost like a blue goat cheese. Yeah. But it had like a local honey on the top of it, and it was so good. Yeah, that but was solid. I, I can just eat goat cheese. Like, you, yes. <laughs> so. And I don't understand what your obsession is with goat cheese. It's so, cre- it's, I think it's because it's cream cheese. Okay. But the goat dairy is better. It, it, it tastes, it does taste really smooth and like clean. Yeah. I don't know how to describe that other than that, but the honey on it was, re- it just lightened it mm-hmm. a little bit. It was delicious, but it was an excellent charcuterie board and we initially turned it down and then thought better of it. Yeah. Because there were so many interesting things listed on it and we're like, okay. And I'm glad we did that because we didn't eat until dinner. Dinner. Yeah. After that. So, uh, we were we were definitely very peckish at dinner, and now we can have snacks and dessert. Uh-huh. Which, I'm going to toast myself a peanut butter cookie that I picked up in Des Moines. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> I enjoy peanut butter, and peanut butter pairing with Coors Light is my kind of pairing. Mm. What um, was the next thing on that list? Well, their welcome line was their... Th- 30th anniversary or 30th something it was salmon run riesling and it was like biting into a red delicious apple not a red delicious it was kind of red delicious don't make it sound awful no but like just like how like a sweet red apple it was really good red but yes the best red delicious apple you've ever had not like the little tiny ones that you get on a school lunch tray Mm. but like the big ones you can get big red delicious and they're like much better. It was really good. We yeah. bought two of them. We bought two of them. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap. Yeah. 14 bucks for a high quality Riesling. Yeah. And they said that this was like the current uh, winemaker, owner, generation, whoever. This was their answer to like making the wines more affordable and approachable for people. But then their, their like, other wines were $25. Yeah. <laughs> like. Not even. Uh, their other Rieslings were, like, 18 Yeah. Like, um, okay. <laughs> I will take a slight sure. discount on. It was our favorite Riesling of the bunch. Although, yeah. we did buy another Riesling from them. Yes. Mainly because it was totally different. Yes. So, right after, they started with a Riesling, and then they went to Sparkling Wines, mm-hmm. which we tried two of them, and they, they were, were both, both Rosé. Rosé. 
Both of them, solid. Yes. A little bit boring. Yeah. I mean, just a little bit... Eh, fine. Just They're just standard. fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unintentional break. Yeah. So, uh, we record these on a phone. And if a call comes in or if something happens, then the it entire stops. podcast stops. I didn't know that. <laughs> we learned now something we do. Um, I can't believe we made it this far in. This many episodes have never gotten a call, but <laughs> we might tr- switch over to her phone because she's lonely and never gets calls. Yeah. Uh, no one ever wants to talk to her, so. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I talk to you. Good. Yeah. Um, so the sparkling wines were fine. Mm-hmm. That's the it in a nutshell. Yeah. So y'all didn't miss too much there. Yeah. And then we had a couple more Rieslings. So we had the semi-dry Riesling and the Seneca... Oh, wait, no. That was the Seneca Lake one. Mm-hmm. Semi-dry is really, really good. It's, like, tropical and delicious. And Alexis is going somewhere else. She's abandoned the podcast. So I'm on my own. We had a Raxitelli. Raxitelli? Raxitelli? But that one was a interesting grape. It is from the Georgia wine region, not Georgia USA, but Georgia Eastern. Well, basically Asia. Um, Three thousand BC. Yeah. It dates back to it's the oldest grape, or oldest. What they say? Oldest continually used yeah, grape yeah, yeah, yeah. for wine production. Yeah. Uh, so it's not your Concord grape. New. Um, it this was good. was a wild ride. The stainless version tasted like a Sauv Blanc, yeah. but not a great version of a Sauv Blanc. No. It's and, like spicy, but like raw spices. Yeah. It was just, they both were. They were both kind of like spices and herbal, and they had one that was done in an amphora that was... I did very eh. I did not like that one. Um it would be good with food. Mm. It would be good with food. For someone other than me. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. <laughs> and that's one of those that they were like, honestly, uh you're either gonna hate it or you're gonna love it. And yeah. we neither of us really loved it. So yeah. try it. It's worth testing out and giving it a try. But uh, if you don't like it, uh, it's okay to move on mm-hmm. because this region is not for that specific grape anyways. No. We did hear that they're making that grape in Ohio, though. So maybe that's yeah. a telltale sign of do not do it. Anything <laughs> uh, they do in Ohio. I'm sorry if anyone lives in Ohio. Not really. We're not. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry you live in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry you live in Ohio. Yeah. Um, we also then had Chardonnay and a Rosé, and neither of those were very impressive. No, I can't do Rosés if they aren't Pinot Noir Rosé. You're very snobby about your Rosés. I am a snobby Rosé drinker, but that's what the Valley did to me. Yeah, you're ruined by Oregon and the Rosés yeah, Pinot Noir. People are like, oh, this one's so good. It's like 
fruit forward and you can just drink it and I get it and I'm like, no. It's not it's not the what you expect it's from not, a rose. It's spicy. Why is it spicy? <laughs> why is my rose spicy? Well why why are roses of cab and whatnot, why are they not as fruit forward as the actual cab is? I've just never had a rosé. I, I don't... I'm not a drinker of rosé. I don't... Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, I you don't... You enjoy rosé. I, when, I, when it's in the glass and I have it and it's there, I will drink it. But I never go for a rosé. Yeah. I never, like, impulsively reach for a rosé. Uh, that's just not me. It's just when I want one. And now you know, for certain... Beyond a shadow of a doubt, Mm-mm. if you're going to have a rosé... It needs to be a Pinot Noir. needs to be Pinot Noir. And you are a snob because of that. I am a snob. You are a rosé snob. <laughs> the Speaking of Pinot, oh, yeah. they had a Pinot, and apparently they didn't make a rosé out of it because the rosé was not that. No, the rosé was a whole bunch of different grapes. Yeah. Which is the problem. Which has to be part of the problem they had a cab and they had a pinot and we bought the cab yeah because we get a lot of pinot noir at home and to be fair i don't need another pinot especially if it's not going to be world-class unforgettable in a long time i mean if it if it knocks my socks off i'll buy it yeah but But i'm not going to go out of my way it was good pinot it was good but no thanks was solidly bottom half of what we can get at home. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Yeah. If you're in New York and you want a local Pinot, you're not going to be sad about it. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be wowed by it. Yeah. The cab was really decent. And yeah. we just needed another bottle to round it out. And you like cabs. I and do. a New York State cab seemed like right up our alley. So yeah. we got that. After that, we went straight to Herman J. Weimer. Uh-huh. And... 10 out of 10. That was the winery of the day. Go there. That's the place to go to. If you're going to choose, and you only go to one winery in this region, you're like driving through, I've got an hour, I'm going to, I'm doing a tasting, you go there. A lady in the winery, <laughs> as we were like going in, she was like, uh, talking about how she's a person that works at a jersey winery mm-hmm. and the winemaker was like you need to try this place out mm-hmm. and 10 out of 10 great recommendation also we just happened to follow what teutonic and barnaby is doing yeah and whatever he does you're probably not going to be led astray right. if you follow what he does yeah and he went there so i was like well we're going to go to Herman J. Weimer because that's where Barnaby went. And he is a big fan of Riesling and a big fan of German-style wine production. And if he likes it and he makes really good wine, you just got to follow his recommendation. So yeah. a lot of other winemakers recommend Herman J. Weimer, And I, 10 out of 10, endorse that recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something behind it. But it was really nice because... Well, actually, all of the places that we've been here so far have been choose-your-own-adventure yeah. type things, which we don't get a lot of that 
No. In Oregon, you very rarely get to choose your own adventure. Yeah. You right. might, they might give you a choice of two things because they have another one open. Right. And we got that today. We did get that today. We didn't go for that choice, but no. <laughs> we, um, but yeah, we got, I love when I get to choose my own adventure and it's nice for us because then we can try double the amount of things. Yep. It's kind of like wine tasting on cheat with cheat codes. Yeah. When you go with another person that you're willing to split different types of uh, wines with. Yeah. Uh, because you can literally taste twice as many options on mm-hmm. the wine list and yeah. find out what you do or do not like. Yep, you can try way more things. So, but so the first place, uh, the Dr. Constantine Frank, that one we got to try the whole gamut. Basically everything except for the stuff that is on the club wine club. Club yep. Yeah, so we tried all of the regularly available things because there were two choices for each section, and so yep. we alternated and it was perfect and then for the herman j weimer one it was still a choose your own adventure but we had to share correct (laughs) which worked out i think it was fine so um we we got to try five different wines Mm -hmm. and we got to taste them and get plenty of whatever we wanted now that's the downside when you taste through and turbocharge a wine tasting and taste everything on the menu you only get like two sips worth right out of each taste so you got to be on it and you got to be focused on what you're tasting otherwise you're going to miss certain things yeah so you both have to give it a a a whirl and a sniff a whirl and a sniff and then you got to taste it separately afterwards and then compare tasting notes and then take us take your last sip because yeah. that's after that you're done. Yeah, but it felt like we got more from this one. We did. Like it was a like reasonable amount in your glass that you weren't just. And by this one, you mean Herman J. Weimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had basically a full tasting pour, about an ounce or so, so a little each bit more. Carafe had two and a half ounces on, in it. So right. An ounce and a quarter. An ounce and a quarter of each <laughs> wine. Yeah. Now, Oregon, you get a lot of places that'll be like, did you want to revisit anything? Mm-hmm. Didn't get any of that here, which was... No, we really haven't had any of that. Which anywhere. was fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it is what it is. You don't taste... You don't You don't pay as much for the tastings out here. So oh my God, it's so cheap out here. Like 15 bucks. <laughs> we paid $25 for the tasting at Herman J. Weimer. But that's because you pay by the by the carafe, so you can taste as many things as you want. Mm-hmm. And they're priced differently, like the wines right. are priced differently. If you want a carafe of this one versus this one, there was if, one that was like seven dollars for two. And no, a half there was ounces. one that was twenty. Well, those were the special ones. Those, those were, were the, the special the, ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we were not doing that. No, twenty dollars <laughs> just to taste something. Absolutely not. I'm not that stupid. Um, Maybe if I was by myself. I don't know. I mean, I... Eh, no. Nah, I don't know. No. I I think, that, and especially now that we have tasted through those and know that all of their wines were phenomenal. Everything that we had was really good. Yeah. Although your your tongue went numb on the Gruner Roulette liner. We'll get there. Uh, let's the, go through our notes. All right, let's go through the notes. The first thing that we tried was a Riesling, a dry Riesling, and it was just a 
it was their basic entry level Riesling. They said that their new they, release. They said that if they only ever made one wine, it would be this one. Nope, it, that's the second oh, one. That was this one. Nope, that was the second one. Are you sure? Because that's H J W Herman J Weimer. I swear it was the first one. No, nope, it was the second one. I know that for a fact. Okay. <laughs> don't 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 call me out on this one. Okay. Um, they're really excited about the second Riesling we had because it's his signature wine. Golden in color, it was really good Riesling, and it wasn't as good as the first one, in our opinion. No, I liked so the first one. the entry level, like, they're standard, they make a bunch of it, Riesling, tasted like, or- it was like orange peel and spicy. Yeah. We bought one of those. Yes. And I'm glad we at least bought one of those. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to open. Uh, the next one we tried was the the Herman J. Veemer, uh 2020, and that one was the one that they call their signature. That's okay. their, like, that big makes deal. Se- that makes more sense, actually. And but, yeah. it's not as good as the first one, in our opinion, but it smelled cold. And I, I said that, and I was like, I don't know if this sounds insane, but I can't describe it any other way than it smells cold. And you're like, you're nuts. And then you put your nose in the glass, and you're like... Hold on. It's like the remnants of like eucalyptus or something. Yeah. But like I, it's not like menthol-y because that's what I was expecting when you said it smells cold. I was like it does not smell like a cough drop. We had that was later. <laughs> okay. But yeah. like it was like a waft of eucalyptus. It's like how Vicks, that... It's how Vicks makes your nose feel. Yeah. Without the smell of Vicks. I don't, I don't know, but I loved it. It was wild. It was a, if you really like the idea of that. <laughs> if you want your wine to smell cold. Then, <laughs> even if it isn't super cold, because mm-hmm. they did give us all these crafts and all of the, it's, we have a heat wave going on in New York. Apparently. And we've had to turn off the air conditioner to do this podcast, so you're welcome for the audio. <laughs> uh, I am sweating through every orifice right now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so the two Rieslings we had to start off the tasting at Herman J. Wiener was were great, and then they tossed in a Gruner Veltliner, and... This is the one that made me feel like I was going to have to go to the emergency room because I was having an allergic reaction. <laughs> and... <laughs> I honestly would have just left you on the side of the road. I would have been like, it ah. was wild. Like I took the first sip of it, and it like my whole mouth just like tasted metallic. Uh-huh. It felt metallic, uh-huh. and my tongue felt like when your leg goes to sleep. I'm still trying to see what's wrong here. When your like leg goes to sleep, and then it starts like the very beginning of it starts to get the feeling back, and it's just kind of prickle needles but like very light uh-huh. that was my tongue and i didn't like that um i again still can't find what's going wrong in that entire description <laughs> it was wild it tasted good from what i could tell before my whole mouth just tasted like metal i but thought it was great i want to know why it was doing that because i've never had that happen before that wine gets an 11 out of 10 for me because it made my wife not taste anything <laughs> and for once in my life i can outtaste you <laughs> so that one we did not unfortunately purchase however it was really really good the other riesling that we bought from Her- herman j beamer was a 
kind of natural wine, sort of like well, hipstery all wine. Wines are. Yeah, they're bio, all they're a biodynamic farm. Correct, and we'll get into talking about that here in just a second. Yeah. Um. Actually, we're gonna get into figuring what the heck that is. <laughs> out. We're gonna um, Google it live. <laughs> we're gonna live Google it. Uh, but we bought a Riesling Flower Day 2021, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. It had yeah. super, super biting acidity, lemon zest, green apple. Oh. It was good. It just like, and it, it's like wringing out your tongue acidity. And luckily, a fly decided to go for a swim in ours, and it yeah. was the fourth one, so it had gotten a little warm. It would yeah. have been fine, but... It had gotten a little warm, and so there was a fly in it, and so we asked for a new one. <laughs> and they were super kind, and they gave us another, uh, like, another pour of it. Because it was yeah. a big fly. It was, it was like a horse like fly. Like a real fly. It was like a horse fly. Like, and... just, if it had just been a, like, a fruit fly or something, I would have just fished it out and went about our day. But yeah. big flies, no. They poop every time they land. We're not I didn't, doing that. I didn't want our... our flowery riesling wine to taste like sewage yeah like the guy was talking about that this morning um while we were about to leave niagara falls we were leaving the parking lot of this hotel (laughs) and this guy on a bike just rolls up behind me as i'm loading up our car and he's like that's raw sewage that's a bunch of raw sewage you smell that that smells gross I didn't, poop. I didn't smell it. Poop and pee just coming up from the ground. And I'm like, the ground is dry. There is nothing. It was nothing. freshly redone asphalt. Right. <laughs> it smelled like freshly redone asphalt. And there was not a problem that I could tell. And just an insane New Yorker just just riding his little bike. Yeah, I ignored him. He tried to talk to me first. And... I just completely did not... I, I, I was cornered by him. I made eye contact. That was That's my mistake. That's your first mistake, oh, yeah. man. I know. I know. But I was like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. That's How does that even happen, man? It's gross, dude. I gave him the full-on bro, bro move. Bro move yeah. And I was like, ah, wow. I can't believe they'd even do that. Wow. <laughs> and he just kind of, like, rolls on by. I swear he had a bell on his bike. Probably. Like uh, a cat? Yeah. Nice. He, he, was, <laughs> so, so, he was nuts. That was Absolute a, that was nutter a good butter. tangent from our fly wine. Yeah, no, that guy was insane. Loved it, though. Great interaction. 10 yeah. out of 10 would talk to that guy again. Uh-huh. He'd tell me all sorts of things about raw sewage. Probably. Uh, speaking of not raw sewage, <laughs> <laughs> Bluff Frankish. Yeah, a brand new wine to us. It's from Austria. But also has roots in the U.S. and Germany, where it's called all sorts of different things. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> it's delicious, though. Uh-huh. Just about every example we had were good. Yeah. All two. Yeah, it was. this one was wild, though. This one was amazing. It was plum, but then as soon as I got past saying mm, plum uh, and thinking I'm not going to have to have any digestive issues later on tonight because this is prune juice. Uh-huh. You said something that was fascinating. <laughs> you said something along the lines of it's like a cough drop, like a cherry cough drop. Mm-hmm. And Those really terrible ones that you'd have as a kid because you couldn't handle the good ones. It could not have been more bang on. 
Because we said that to the person that was giving us the tasting, and they're like... And they she named the cough drop. Named the cough drop. <laughs> She's thought that before, too. Yep. <laughs> and so we are not actually insane. We can tell what we're tasting. Yeah. And our tasting notes are agreeable. Yep. I won't say they're always correct, but they are agreeable no, for the most part. They're solid. So... That one we also purchased because when else am I going to have a cherry cough drop wine? It was fun. And it's good. Like, it's not... If if you're thinking, ew, gross, who wants to drink a cherry cough drop? You should try it. For one, you are... I used to eat those as candy. She is a little insane. (laughs) But... Also, try it because you might actually like it. And and they said to chill it a bit as well. Absolutely. And it would be so good. It would be chilled. amazing. At like, if it was just served at like 65 degrees. Yeah, just slightly. Just a slight chill on it. Like, Barely, like enough to make the glass condensate, but no more. 15 minutes in the fridge. Yeah. And you'd be gold. Oh, man. It was it was it's it it's, was a really good color too. It, it was, was exactly like a a melted cherry cough drop. It was like ruby, like a ruby, a like a concentrated cherry cough drop. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome wine. Ten out of ten. Super good. We will be drinking that at some point. We'll uh, have to share it. We'll have to open it when we can share it because more people need to be exposed to that. Absolutely, especially <laughs> during cold and flu season. <laughs> Uh, we also made a connection with them because of Teutonic and because we had seen Bonnaby go through here. Uh, we were talking to the two servers about Oregon wine versus New York wine. And apparently they had a whole competition about, is it Oregon wine or is it New York wine? New York Riesling, Oregon Riesling, and Pinot Noir competing. And Oregon Pinot Noir won and New York State Riesling won. So that was kind of cool to have that connection and talking mm-hmm. about, like, what Oregon wine had they tried and what were they looking at comparing or bringing into the next uh, yeah. class that they were going to teach. So it was really cool to get to share that and um, compare notes as to where we would go, what we would do, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to take a break. Okay. And then we're going to talk about biodynamic wines once we have that Googled up. Okay. Oh, come on. There we go. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So I was trying to describe biodynamic wine to you earlier. Yeah. And I thought of it as like burying a cow's horn in a field somewhere. Yeah. This says nothing about a cow horn. What? No. Oh. So I'm just lying out my backside again? Probably. I swear. I swear that's a thing i mean i guess like i remember being it like biodynamic was like you bury a cow horn out there in the field and it's filled with a bunch of like herbs and stuff and it makes it so that a bunch of oh well this one has a picture of a horn hey there we go so um read it to me talk to me talk to me goose uh, but it's all about not using like pesticides and Things that are, like, really harmful to diversity in the vineyard. Yeah. So it's... it's The idea is to make it a self-sustaining entity. 
Okay, so you all, don't have to do as much? All is one thing. Um, and everything has to come from there. Okay. So you're not bringing in outside fertilizer okay. or anything like so that. Sort of like when they have goats or sheep or whatever exactly. walking through the exactly. vineyard. Okay. Yep. So a lot of the places that we've been going to are already biodynamic. Probably. Which there's makes like, a lot of there's sense. like a certification in order to put it on your bottle. Like you have to go through this whole thing with this checks out. Whatever, but like essentially in it's like they also generally plant or like let things grow in between the vines. Okay, I said something about that earlier. Yeah. So I was on the right track. So there's like other plants and then, you know, that's helping the bees and then the bees are, you know, all that stuff. And like, um... And there's yeah. a cow horn in that yeah, photo. This one is the cow horn. Let me find that. So we've been to a lot of wineries that are like super into being biodynamic and having bees and having... It's, it also says that it's very based on like, like cycles... Life like cycles of it. Cycle. Okay. Lunar cycles and. Oh yeah, you have to plant the horn under the rising moon or something. Uh huh. There's a calendar. Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, pruning and harvesting are controlled by the biodynamic calendar. What is a what is a vine's astrology sign? That's not. Ooh, that'd be a good thing for us to do at some point. Figure out, Why is there a cow horn in the vineyard? Why is there a cow, cow horn in the vineyard? Uh, Tell me. Biodynamic farming calls for specific and sometimes strange compost and field preparations. One of these is known as cow horn manure or preparation 500. Cow horns preparation. Are st- I know. <laughs> oh no. Cow horns are stuffed with manure compost and buried into the ground all through the winter, then later excavated. Upon excavation, the stuffed material is spread throughout the vineyard. There's little information out there about why specifically a cow horn is used, never a bull's horn, or why it's buried in the soil. The horns are getting more and more expensive and are shipped all the way from India sometimes. Wow. Uh, According to the website, this is essential. It's a powerful means for structuring the soil, the site explains, and it also stimulates soil microbial activity of the soil regulates pH, stimulates seed germination, and dissolves minerals. Seems a little crazy. Other compost preparations include yarrow, chamomile, and stinging nettles. Okay. So this is where we get into uh, Cheryl with her crystals. A little bit. There's a, a... What are some wine brands making biodynamic wine? And there's one from Oregon. Ooh. Mon- Montenore? Montenore? Never okay. heard of them. But we know for a fact oh, they're not the only one. Yeah. Like, throw a dart at a map, you're probably landing on a biodynamic place in Oregon. Well, it also might not necessarily be biodynamic. It could just be organic or sustainably farmed. They're not... That's fair. It's not the same thing. There's so many. Yeah. There's so many different things that they can be. Where we first got exposed to, we don't know, and it can kind of vary, is day wines. Mm-hmm. They just were all over the map. Yeah. Some of it's biodynamic, some of it's sustainable, some of it's organic. Yeah. Because they're not doing their own <laughs> oh, yeah. wines. They're buying from places. Right. 
So they were kind of super all over the map. We have one more winery and then dinner to talk about. Yeah. What was the last winery? Domain Le Sewer. It was not in a sewer. No, and but that's how the guy said it. That is how they said it. And the wines were not sewer water. At least no. not the first two. No. The Rieslings were solid. Uh-huh. The first two reasons. So, number one, we had a Riesling terroir and the excellence. And that one was amazing. Possibly, quite possibly, the best Riesling of the day. I still think that one from up here is better. And we are recording at like 9 o'clock and it's been a long day, so we are sleepy. Mm, yeah. But... It's a toss-up. It's either that one or a Herman J. Beamer uh, Riesling. But solid Riesling regardless. And then we had the La Marinere. Uh-huh. And that one was good. Yeah. That one's much more acidic. We bought one. We bought one of each of those. Mm-hmm. And that was all we bought from there. Yeah. So tune in to the rest of this where we didn't like it. We no, didn't we love... Didn't... We didn't not like it. We didn't we just, love those wines. We needed to start thinking seriously about how much room we had. Yeah, we were, we were seriously running out of room in our coolers. We've run out of room. Yeah. Unless we drink down some non-wine things in there. Correct. And or opening up a bottle on the road. Yeah. Which is also a total possibility. Yeah. Uh, especially as we run low on our coolers. <laughs> Which I'm running real low on mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had another two Rieslings, neither of which were notable. Yeah, and they were fine. They were fine. They didn't even have aromatics to it, which is yeah. kind of half of what you drink a Riesling for. I mean, I think there was more smell than you said that there was smell. But I thought there was basically they, nothing. They had a smell. Um, but they were not like, knock your socks off. No. And to be quite honest, when you've become accustomed to knock your socks off Riesling in an area and then it doesn't do that, I'm disappointed. We had Gewürztraminer. They kind of did a lot of that. So they had three different examples, two Mm -hmm. of which were available, one of which was coming soon. (laughs) That was made very clear to us. Yeah. we tried each of them, and neither of them were it. We've had a lot of Gewürztraminer that we've liked. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just were not. They were not it. Um, just something about it. Which was unfortunate, but that is... We just have to call it as we see it. We had Cab Franc. We had two Cab Francs, actually. Both of which were fine. The second of which, we had a, a, a Cab Franc Barrel Select. That thing was... Decent. That was one of the ones that I really enjoyed yeah. um, from this place. And it had, I don't know, it was like, no, I'm lying. I'm talking about, I'm thinking the Limburger. <laughs> the Limburger, which is also known as Blaufrankisch. Blaufrankisch. The Limburger is the U.S. version of it, and I can't remember what the German version of that word is but that's the that's that's the german German. one i thought that was the french one this is the austrian one no blaufrankisch is the austrian one that's the german one no 
I we, we can look this up. We are going. She's gonna gut check this. What is um, Blaufrankisch is the Austrian version of that. Limburger, I think, is the Americanized version. But we're gonna find out. Okay, Blaufrankisch is Austrian. Blaufrankisch is Austrian. Limburger. Lim. And we're gonna find out who is right and who is wrong. Who pays attention more to the tasting when they're talking about nerdy stuff versus talking about tasting notes? Germany. Limburger is Germany? Yeah, because they're the same thing. Okay, that's fair. I didn't know what they call it in Germany. I didn't know if Limburger was the U.S. version of it. (laughs) I don't know. I thought it had three names. No, it's got two names that we know of. But why does Germany have to rename all of the grapes? Except for Riesling. Because Riesling came from there. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, the Limburger was really solid. It was like milk chocolate and children's Robitussin. <laughs> that was, that's my actual tasting notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Cab Franc was like super green pepper. It was just green pepper. He was like, hey, you might get a little bit of green pepper from this one. I'm like, oh, okay. I... Like, totally expected that. That's something you can get from Cab Franc, Cab Sauv. Then I stuck my nose into the glass and was like, oh, that is a bunch of freshly cut green peppers. (laughs) And that's it. I could not get past the green peppers because that was literally all that there was. Yeah. I mean, that is impressive to get that out of a wine, but also not what I... (laughs) I don't want to drink green bell pepper juice. Yeah. So we did not buy that one, and we also tasted a cab sob from there, and it had a little bit of green pepper, but also some dark fruits, and it was fine. But it wasn't great, so we didn't buy it. And that was pretty much all of the tastings and all of what we did today. Mm -hmm. And that's one whole episode. Because it was a full day. (laughs) Tomorrow. Yes. Just to quickly kind of go over a, a plan here, mm-hmm. we're driving to Boston. We finally make it to the end of the road tomorrow. And we will be finally done with one half of the road trip. Yep, and we'll get to stay in the same hotel for more than one night. Two nights! Yeah, and then we have to start going back. So you can unpack your toothbrush and then leave it there for one day. Oh my god! It's amazing. And hopefully it's not 100 degrees. Hopefully Or not. smoky. Hopefully not. But we're supposed to get thunderstorms tomorrow all day, so we can look <laughs> forward to that. Yay! My uh, favorite storm. I'm out of Coors, and I'm ready to turn the air conditioning back on, because yep. it is melty, melty in here. Yep. Bye!